You're listening to The Comedy Cellar, live from the table, on the Riotcast Network, riotcast.com. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to The Comedy Cellar Show here on Sirius XM Channel 99. We're here, as almost always, with... I Mr. would say 95%, 98% of the time. Uh, Mr. Dan Natterman, one of the world's greatest comedians, uh, uh, as... Um, Plus, as seen on America's Got Talent, uh, sitting in with us is our new, uh, our new, I don't know, producer. Is that the job? Sure. You get it. Uh, Periel, how do you pronounce your last name? Ashenbrand. 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 That's uh, Ashenbrand. 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 That's that sounds. That's, that's German. German. Burnt ashes. Ah, so, somebody Ash- had a fucked up sense of humor. Ashenbrand. <laughs> Well, that's, I predates uh, the burnt ashes, probably. And, uh, okay, and special guests. Uh, we'll start. Erin Jackson. Erin is a New York City-based stand-up comedian. She may be seen performing regularly at the Comedy Cellar. Oh, my God. I don't know who wrote this. Armed with a megawatt smile. Well, Did you write this? No, no argument here. No. Are you armed with a smile? That's strange. Armed with a megawatt smile and a pocket full of dreams. Oh, my gosh. Erin Jackson is poised to conquer the world of stand-up. You know, this is like Steve. That's from your bio, probably. This is Steve's yeah, parting shot, like a little sabotage yeah. parting shot. Like, well, you... You Don't could have read it prior stop, to reading stop, it. Stop, no. Uh, it, wait, wait, this is great. Is Paris, she's poised to conquer the world of stand-up comedy. In fact, she'd probably, she'd probably be a superstar by now if her friends and family hadn't spent so many years hating on her dreams and stealing her joy. That's what they do. Okay, and... Uh, oh, it's not finished. She recently made... Um, I, this, is, this is ridiculous. It's really not finished. I don't think you have to read the whole thing. No, I think... Uh, a proud alumna? Is comedy, that I would have just said comedy seller regular Aaron Jackson is with us. A proud alum. I thought it was alumnus. A proud alumna. That's if you're a man. Ah, so you're a comedian. A no. proud alumna. <laughs> a proud I'm an alumna and a comedian. Of Howard University. Aaron is obsessed with Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles. I am. We should talk about uh, performing at the Super Bowl, see what you think. And, uh, okay, and our guest of honor... Professor Philip Glenn. Professor Philip Glenn is a professor of communications at Emerson University. Where is that? In, in Georgia? Mass. Emerson College. There's Emory, Georgia. Emory, this yeah. is the one up in Boston, Emerson College. Um, I should know because I went, I went to Tufts. He conducts oh. scholarly research analyzing interaction, especially conflict, negotiation, and mediation, employment interviews, and laughter in everyday talk. His most recent co-edited book is called Studies of Laughter in Interaction. Well, that's, that's appropriate for... Uh, I, no, but before I do want to, you mentioned her briefly, Periel, but it's an exciting new era has dawned for the Comedy Cellar podcast. We have a new, as you mentioned, booker slash producer named Periel Ashenbrand, as you also, also mentioned. And I'm excited because Periel brings an enthusiasm, a freshness, a million watt smile, not unlike our I friend Aaron Jackson. Aaron's. Well, you both have them. No, we, uh, no I'm, I was talking with Periel before the show. Yeah. She thinks that we are, have been all this time sitting on a, a golden opportunity and we have just been pissing on it. Okay. Is that a fair summation it of what you've been fair, thinking? I, it is a fair know, summation. Listen, listen, there's always such a heady, intoxicating you know, uh, but even if promise she's only, of a new situation. Yeah. And six months from now, we'll be just as bitter but as But even if were. she's only half I'll right. I'll just be no. as bitter as you guys are. No, yeah. I mean, even if she's only half right, yeah. that's still pretty good. Yes. Even if she's only 10% correct. I'm usually I more want that than 10%. 10% correct. But Periel thinks we can really, really tank things up a notch. 
uh, in terms of marketing, in terms of uh, all kinds of things. She's got some, I'm really some guest ideas. We are the, probably the longest running show on Sirius XM right now. So I'm really I'm not, excited. Oh, hey, what are you guys Stern, doing? Nobody's doing anything. All right. Can we, can we, can we, can we, we try to talk to our guests? Can we get well, to Well, <laughs> Perriel is a guest, and we also try to talk about things that are going on at the Comedy Cellar. Okay. And, and this is something that's going on at the Comedy Cellar. I can see her confidence in our future just like leaking out of her right now as she hears this this thing. I'm extremely enthusiastic and flattered to be here, so thank you for having me. And if she's got some guest ideas, Noam, that'll knock your socks clean off. Oh, ideas. Wow, you have some great... Barack Obama, <laughs> maybe? Uh, uh, who, uh, He's uh, on his way. Uh, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu probably wasn't. What are your ideas? He's on his way. Obama's on his maybe way. Maybe Michael Jordan would like to stop by for Listen, 15 minutes. Listen, you know what? If you don't ask, you don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's what that was Louis' excuse, by the way. But anyway. Well, it's a fair point on <laughs> Louis' part also. <laughs> anyway, Aaron, you, you do have a great smile, Aaron. <laughs> was it a megawatt? <laughs> it was, I mean, the bio could be cheesy, but it doesn't lie. It was a, a, mega, it was mega, a milliwatt. There you go. <laughs> a mega there is, you go. A mega is a million. All right, so Professor Glenn, not a gigawatt smile. Now, now tell us, tell us about yourself. What, what, how does this pertain to to stuff that we're interested in? Scott, analyzing interaction, conflict negotiation. Like, give us some advice on this stuff. Oh well, my research is basic research, so it's how the world works. Um, so, the advice comes slowly after that. But laughter is a huge, huge interest of mine. And we take laughs that people put in conversations, in job interviews, in doctor-patient interactions. And we study when they're laughing, who's laughing first, how the laughter's setting up or following what follows. And that's what the book that came out is about. So, so studies of laughter in everyday talk in all kinds of situations. What Does anybody know why we laugh? Um, there are theories of humor. They're kind of the grand ones that we laugh out of superiority because we feel triumphant over someone. No, but why that reaction? Evolutionarily. Weird, uh, or, or out of release, like Freud wrote about, or out of a sense of incongruity. But humor isn't laughter, and laughter isn't humor. And you all know this because you're in this business. Someone can be funny and not get a laugh, or you can sometimes laugh without being funny. Well, somebody can be funny and not get a laugh, but they will not be working here at the Comedy Cellar because Noam goes by laughs. Yes, I can You don't blow that. the room apart. I would you, you can come here for the hummus. Yeah, but you ain't getting on stage. I would imagine so, money and laughter are your two major measures. What? Well, 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 are you an anti-Semite, sir? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's laughing. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't see. I, I don't understand the connection. He said money is my main concern. You don't. Know, well, you're a businessman. <laughs> I'm teasing. Um, but you know, I, I would guess that laughter uh, would. I mean, like, why? Well, laughter would have since it's out loud. It's, it's a. It's an utterance. It's a, yeah. That it would have to probably. Be, have developed to be some sort of communication, so to, to, as a way to indicate to other people, yeah. uh, including the blind, what what how you're feeling and how you're perceiving something. It's, it's visual it's, and it's auditory, so those who can see and not hear can laugh and vice versa. But yes, it's also social, which is what you're pointing out. Yeah. It's not simply some psychological flooding of emotion or feeling. It's connecting with other people. And we will sometimes laugh because other people are around, and sometimes we'll suppress laughter because someone else is around. Like if you're in church or in a funeral or someplace where you shouldn't be laughing. What about... <laughs> you, you, you've never been to a comedian's funeral, obviously, because well, that... it's just <laughs> laughter. And there's the kind of laughter that's suppressed when you know you shouldn't be and you just can't help it. I was thrown out of class in, in, in college for a laughing fit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and the How more I try not happen? to laugh... 
the worse it got. Okay. What What is that? What? How do you explain that? Those like fits of laughter where you're like crying at the most inappropriate well, time. Well, one explanation could be you're in an Aaron Jackson show. <laughs> that is probably it. Have you been to one? <laughs> Other than that, I can't think of anything. <laughs> no, but it's something that's it's a good question because we do it from the time we're very, very small, right? Before they you do. know to Children be, do it before do. they have concerned with other people and what they're saying. You just know that something amuses you and you laugh. So it's definitely You know, it's interesting, like little you ever have a little puppy? You know, they hump at like two weeks, they just hump. Right. But if they're not actually humping, right? Children laugh at like a month or two. And right. it's and it's not it's, so it's just like it's like it's like getting themselves in training for a use which is going to come later, but it pre but it develops before the use is actually there. Can, can we can we laugh when we are traumatized? And I hate to bring everything back to Louis, but he the, oh, the, Louis. Well, the story that was at least Fucking the Louis. the rumor that was <laughs> circulating was that these uh, women were laughing whilst Louis was doing what it is he sometimes does. Yes, and I'll... and and they said, well, it was nervous laughter, and we, you know. Laughter often is a, but nothing, nothing about being funny. It's about delicacy, embarrassment, managing a moment that's not easy to manage. Laughter is this kind of ambiguous response halfway between I'm affiliating with you and I'm pulling away from you. That's interesting. Yeah. So, I, I, so yes, it would make perfect sense that they would have laughed in that situation. It's also the power dynamic is so strong. It's and, also cultural, right? Like I lived in Southeast Asia for a year, and when we would... Im- say something that was like inappropriate culturally because we didn't realize it and we would embarrass you know the, our colleagues they would laugh sort of very nervously disarm it yeah totally because they were so uncomfortable uh, and, how, and how does this or is it related to conflict resolution because we have a lot of conflict around here a lot like a lot <laughs> you don't even know like I am, I am ready to burst this week with all the and conflict oh. I'm dealing with. Um, well, they're certainly related. They co-occur more than we might think. Um, again, laughter lets you get through difficult moments. So sometimes it's very helpful, especially if there's ambiguity. You're neither fully hostile towards somebody nor are you fully with them. Laughter lets you stake out a middle position, and sometimes that gets you to the next moment and the next moment and the next moment when something better can come up. Do you do you do you think you have a good sense of humor? And and the reason I ask that is because like to study laughter sounds very unfunny. <laughs> right? Like we dissect why things are funny to make them funnier, but there are there are hilarious moments in everyday talk and political interactions. I'm thinking of one that's in our book where an MSNBC reporter in 2009 asks Chuck Schumer and this is ironic now with Trump, but he asked, is Sarah Palin the future of the Republican Party? And Chuck Schumer laughs. He just laughs. Mm-hmm. And then he dodges the answer. Right. But that laughter delegitimizes the question before it ever gets asked. That's a cool moment. And so I love collecting cool The same Chuck Schumer who was on TV last night looking like a, a, a scold. Did you, did you, did you see the, him and Nancy Pelosi? That's, that's, the, that's the jovial Chuck Schumer you're referring that's to? That's Mr. Comedy, yes. Did you see well, that? that's before she kind of 
set the future of the party, right? Yes, yeah. She <laughs> seems mild now. it was funny now. back then. Yeah. What is with those two? Did you see them? Well, are, are we are we are we now veering into no no? Trump just, I just said if you have any like like talk about the the lack of humor, mm. the mess. It, it, well, there's a place for lack of. There's a time and a place for humor, and a time and a place for seriousness. Um, I don't know if it's know, quite it's so delineated though, right? Like. I don't know. I feel like sometimes you laugh at stuff that's not supposed to be funny, right? Yes, the laughter's doing work. And so yeah. for Schumer to laugh at that question doesn't mean he finds it humorous. Right. It's a device to treat that question as an illegitimate question. It's also a stall technique. Yes. Uh, yes. So, but employment interviews. This is your other expertise is employment interviews? This, yes. And then we'll move on. What... What if you had three questions to ask in an employment interview? Mm. What would they be? I had three questions to ask in an employment interview. Well, you can tell me anything you want about employment interviews. This is something no. else that you know matters to me because I, I interview no. people. I um. interviewed her. Harry Ellis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think I w- I just want to especially hear now you without you know with all the things that are off the table now. No. Go ahead. Um, can't make offers like you used to. I like the question. I have to go slow, and I know we're on a podcast. That's but okay. It. I most want to hear what drives and excites the person who's being interviewed. And so questions that get at that, that get at their passions, what they're fired up about, to me are the most interesting questions. See, the thing is that I believe that nobody, but nobody is ever honest on an employment interview. That they're mm. almost aware. Like, this is terrible, but really all that matters in an employment interview is like 30 seconds of just talking to them and say, okay, they seem like... Self-assured, or they speak, you know, not too wacko. No, or, do you interview no. every waitress, or you that handle? No, no I, I used to, not a, not a long time. It's like a first date; nobody's ever honest. Yeah, you're, you're not going to show your whole self. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I, I was just talking. I was actually talking to a, a, a therapist, not professionally. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would never do that. I think, as and I and I told her that my theory is that couples counseling can work as long as everybody is not more than 90% honest. Like, like <laughs> you can, it, cannot, it cannot work if everybody, if you were actually going to couples therapy That's and good. say what you really were thinking, that would be it. That, that would literally be the end of the relationship. So, <laughs> so you have to go in with the intention of wanting something good to come out, but you have to be very smart about what you actually say. You cannot tell the truth. That's good. I like that. I remember the last job that I had, though, my last real job, I told them I was a comic, huh? and I thought I wasn't going to do that. And they told them from day one, and I was like, they're not going to hire me to do this job. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> like, Why no would they way. care? Because, I mean, I kind of was just like, um, I was asking about the vacation for that purpose. I was like, how much? So what's uh, like the vacation? Well, they know that. That's not a good thing to ask. Well, <laughs> they know I mean, a comic is going to leave as soon as humanly possible. The comic doesn't want to be there, obviously. You're well, doing what, it. What was the job? I worked in marketing. I, were, I was responsible for like the online marketing for the entire organization. And yeah, he they, is right. So I think you're right. They, they, they want somebody that's going to say, "I love, I love marketing. Marketing right. is my life, and I'm going to stay here till till I get my gold watch at age 60." Yeah. They don't want somebody's going to. But I think they tried. They were like, "What would you? What would you love to do?" What, they're just mm. trying to get to know me. I was like, "Well, this is what I do do, uh-huh. and uh, I'm going to keep doing it." And, and they hired you. And or they not? hired me. And how long were you there? Five years. Oh, so oh, wow. soon. Well, marketing has a place for creativity and being funny and being humorous, so that might I, be a desirable. I tell you, this guy, this Glenn character, that we're, this professor, uh, he's so nice. It, it, you must be from the Midwest. I can tell. <laughs> Am I right? Or upstate New York? One well, of the two. sir, I grew up in Texas. <laughs> well, I Texas. Texas, I didn't see. Well, 
Well, you don't mess with Texas. Yes, yes. Don't I don't hear with, the accent. Actually, by the these way. days, please do mess with Texas. But. but I, but he's definitely very, very liberal. I could, I would, I would imagine. Uh, yes, he's a professor. They all, they all are. yeah, pretty they much all are. They don't have to live in the real world. They have their, they, they, you know. We're we're in Texas, by the way. Dallas. Dallas, Texas. Never been, but uh, I'm sure there's a comedy club there somewhere that I'm not that I'm assiduously avoiding, because I don't really do comedy clubs. No. They, I prefer one nighters. Anyway, um, are, are we going to now uh, segue into the uh, into whatever the, you want? Talk about whatever you want, Dan. I'm, well, I did want. I, I'm not on my game tonight. Whatever you want to talk about. Well, I, you say that, Norman. You always say that, and then every no, week you no. always rise to the occasion. But not tonight. of course, everybody's talking this week about the Trump speech. Oh. Did you all see it? The wall. The wall, yes. The wall. Did you not see it, Aaron Jackson? I didn't see it. I was uh, I was working, and I did not investigate it. You know, afterwards. I read something interesting. People talk associate Trump with fascism, or it, that that association has been made. Feels accurate. But, but is any have we ever been? It's not, I'm not going to credit myself with this, but I read this on Twitter or something. But have we ever seen a time where people are more engaged and expressing their opinions more vigorously, and and we see. Uh, SNL, for example, attacking the president. Well, they, he's they, just they, a bad fascist. Well, but, 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 well, he may or may not be a fascist, but what we are seeing, I believe, looks to me like the very effervescence of democracy. People getting involved. Dan, I never give, gave a shit about any of this shit. Right. Now, all of a sudden, I'm engaged. And Listen, I'm interested. This is the mistake, I think, a lot. Look, I mean, I'm, I'm not defending Trump. The whole system Let's of America. Now, this is what I'm about to say, is, I think, is. is not that controversial. The whole system of America, from the founding fathers to present, is based on the assumption that any president and every president is a fascist. That is why we have all the checks and balances and institutions that we have. It's the assumption that anybody in that office, given the, the ability to do what he wants, will become a fascist. And... Um, is, is Trump uniquely fascist? I don't know. I mean, it, it depends if you believe in his policies or not. For instance, we've talked about this before. Franklin Roosevelt, when he had trouble with the Supreme Court, he decided he was going to add members to the Supreme Court and, and essentially make the Supreme Court part of his branch. They didn't call him a fascist. Actually, they, I don't even know. They probably did call him a fascist. But since he's kind of a hero, well, he's, he's, he was our fascist, right? He's kind of a good fascist. <laughs> but the point is that the president gets in that chair and... It's all about the checks and balances. And for that reason, I always felt from day one that the threat of Trump is not all this fascist nonsense. It's what he can do in foreign policy where there are no checks and balances. Because what's he going to do? The, the army is... The president cannot do anything uh, except at the point of a gun. He can't start rounding up Americans, whatever. At some point, he needs some people with guns to do this for him. He needs... A, a, a judge is going to rule you can't do that. And then the army's going to say, yes, he can. It's going to be a, some coup d'etat. I don't think there's any chance of... The army, hates, the army hates him as it is, but even when they didn't hate him, the army is not going to well, take down the Constitution of the United States for Donald Trump to do something crazy. We've had shutdowns before. The shutdown is such Isn't a, this like the second longest shutdown in like the history of the United maybe, States? Maybe, but it's nothing. I mean, I'm, 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 I'm not advocating I mean, the shutdown. tell that to the 800,000 people who aren't getting paid. Yes, I will tell it to the 800,000 people who are not no, getting paid. No, this is nothing. It's fine. Well, you guys are I fine. Would, I would say I'm, I, I'm not at all happy for your situation, but given the fact we know you will get your back pay, I imagine, I don't know this, that there's all sorts of people out there who will forward, you know, front people some money. Who don't, but there are, you're right, there are some people who are, going to, who are very badly inconvenienced now by this shutdown over a couple of weeks. Like anybody 
who, let's say, got sick with a flu and missed six weeks of work. Yeah, they, they, this is a real inconvenience to somebody's life. It's not life-altering. No one's ever told me they had the flu and it changed the whole course of their life. They went six weeks without working, whatever it is. But I, I don't want to. I don't want to minimize it. But let's not build it up into also, something. I don't believe in the government shutdown. By the way, I don't. I don't like that as a tactic. But I'm just saying. What, why? I gotta disagree though with like your confidence that the that the military would stop anything that he did. I mean, when every when people no, I'm saying the military would not would not overrule the judicial branch in behalf of. This, the Fuhrer. I mean, Trump, Donald Trump is not. It's not going to happen. But here's what I'm saying. You, He's you, back down every time. Our of course. Com- your confidence is because up until like with with the, the Department of Defense until recently when Mattis left, like you had a guy that was pushing back a little, but still did things. Still sent troops to the border to protect the wall. And what if he gets a guy in there that's that's not going to push back? Yeah, what well, I, that I, no, no. Do? I said in, in issues of military foreign policy, he's got a lot like pulling out of Syria. He's got a lot of latitude. And, and getting us into Terrifying. a war, getting us into a war is the thing that really scares me. Not because he wants war. He's actually kind of an anti-war president, but because he's a because he's a Especially blowhard. Especially when it comes for himself to be in that war. Well, well <laughs> because he's a blowhard and he's likely to miscalculate most of all. But I just want to make, you know, the point, of, the point I'm really trying to make, and I'll make it again, is that we have always assumed our president could not be trusted. It's an to, interesting to, way to, to look at yeah. it. Because I would think yeah. maybe to, we're to just think saying in case we get a guy like this, not that everybody We've had be. many guys like this. To think that we just managed to be this nation for 250 years, whatever it is, and we just never got unlucky enough to have a president who was in, you know, intoxicated with power, that's absurd. I mean, Roosevelt's example, you could probably give many examples. I mean, you have to be sort of a megalomaniac to become president let me, let me of the United you, States. Let me ask right? you this about the shutdown. Why is a system in place where shutdowns are possible. And and is there a way to get out from under the shutdown? Well, let's talk about the Let's not talk about the capillaries. Let's talk about the, the I, well, I just had a quick question, though. If yeah. you don't know the answer, we'll move right on I to the wall. I don't know the answer. Well, okay, but the fact be is... Because you have to fund the government. The wall, the wall, but there, why is there a situation where where the president can, can, can shut down the government like this? Uh, why is that built into the system? Why is there not some override system that prevents this? I think that this was something, I mean, obviously the Congress, uh, um, uh, what's the word they, they, what's, I mean, what's the word when you, when you segregate funds? They, what? So they, they run out of money that they've appropriated. That? That's it. Yeah. Con- so, Congress is charged appropriations. Yeah, yes. So when so, they run out of the money that yeah. they gave for the last year, yeah. then they have to do it because they have to do it every year to, to re-look at the budget and what are we yeah. going to allocate money towards. So when that is over and if they can't agree, then that's when the Well, if they can't agree, but, but that's part of the system. Right. So it's, you it's know, it's built into the system. It's something which has always been there and just one day somebody woke up and realized they could use it uh, as a bargaining chip and it's now that's possible become... the founding fathers didn't anticipate somebody willfully obstructing the moving for the continuation But if Trump... Well, both, both sides have done it to be honest no, and both okay. sides have played this no. game and and you know, if uh, this just feels like a temper tantrum, but it also feels like at no. this 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 administration has showed, if nothing else, but if that, he believes in it, he believes in it. But I think a lot of it is that a lot of the things that we thought, a lot of people thought, were laws and things that were really fixed in, were just norms, were just norms. things that polite people were doing. And right. If, this administration has taught us anything is that we need to codify a lot of shit that we've just been. Assuming people would do, and, and I would add Assuming one other element. Would do. I think you are right that that many presidents have sought greater power. This one is different from the others in his embrace of 
dictators and fascists around the no, world. No, he's not. Kim Jong-il Nixon of Korea, is, they all Putin of Russia, Erdogan of, of Turkey. Look at the history of Central America. It's not unique. Trump is not. I do, I do think it is in the terms of his public aligning with them on issue after issue but look after at, issue. Look at the carnage that previous presidents had in South America, Central America. I mean, it's the, tended the, to be the, covert, the, though. Well, yeah, so it's covert, but but much more damaging. You know, yeah, Trump, is, listen, is, actually, in, in that sense, I'm always of two minds because, yes, Trump seems so vulgar the way he does that, but we know that's been going on behind closed doors all along. We know Barack Obama was just as solicitous of the Saudis as Trump is. We know and that Bill Clinton. Bill, if, if, if it came across Barack Obama's desk that this Saudi prince murdered somebody, but it wasn't public, just the CIA and Barack Obama knew about it, he wouldn't have said shit about it. I think, though, there's something very different about the Saudis. When when he says Putin told me that Russia didn't hack our well, election, that's, that's and he's, he's absurd. Right. Yeah. Well, he's an idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's right? him being an idiot. I mean, yeah. that's... But that's aligning with the fascists. Well, over it, except that we also heard Obama. I'm thinking about because I, I like Obama. Obama on was caught on a microphone saying to Medvedev, you know, don't worry, tell tell Vladimir that after the election I'll have a lot more latitude. Remember that famous? Yeah, yeah. He was, it was uh, an open mic was right when Obama was running for re-election, and they caught him saying to Medvedev, who was that interim president. He said, well, tell Vladimir that after the election, I'll have a lot more latitude. I just want to point Imagine out- if that had come out of Trump's mouth. Can we just imagine if they had heard Trump saying that? I just that? want to point out yeah. that as predicted, yeah. Noam, who was saying he's in a bad mood, he doesn't want to talk, <laughs> right, he has- No, up. I'm not saying to shut oh, up. All right. I'm just saying that I- pre- uh, Did I say you should shut up? I'm simply no. saying that as usual, yeah. Noam says he has nothing to say, he's not in a good mood, and he- Rises to the occasion. Yeah, but you guys say, yeah, you, that's what gave me to rise to the occasion to say stuff I disagree with. So, but what, what we, oh, we're we talking about the, so we want to the talk wall, about the, the, the wall. wall. That's the thing. So, did you see the speech? No, I saw this. Well, I, I, I heard it on the radio. I didn't see the speech. So, I, 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 was, I thought it was a terrible speech, actually. Um, did Trump give it? Trump gave it. Well, yeah. then it's go, uh, you see, goes I, without I, saying I, that it's a terrible This is what passes for intellect these days. So, um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I thought it was terrible because he didn't from a, he didn't use what I, I thought would be the most persuasive arguments. I literally would have started with the speech of Schumer, literally played the video of Schumer saying he thinks we should have a wall, like he did in whatever, right before Trump was elected. You know, you've seen these things where, they, where most of the major Democrats, including Obama and Schumer, were proud of the fact that they were going to build a barrier. I would have started that to really throw the Democrats back on their heels. And then I would have pointed, I would have made a list of all the other things we spend $5 billion on, which, are, which is long and ridiculous and trivial. And then I would, and I'd say, listen, this is all politics. He supported the wall. But the only reason he doesn't support the wall now is because I'm president now. He claims he cares about how much it costs. They don't give a shit how much it costs because they spend the same amount of money on museums or, you know, uh, uh, not museums, but, uh, you know, grants for artists or research for how fruit flies made or whatever, whatever it is. You know, William Proxmire used to do these, uh, these the, that whole report he would release at the end of the year, what was it called, where he'd say all the ridiculous government spending. Yeah, I mean, $5 billion. They don't care about the $5 billion. So that's, instead he tried to make the case again that illegal immigrants are bad, which which I don't think most people buy that argument. But I think that's that's the point. Like, Nancy Pelosi's argument is that this is a moral decision on behalf of the, the Democrats. The what reason is? that, like, the why wall is, is a morality why is it, But then why were they supporting it before Trump? They're, nobody's they were against immor- border security no, they were and fencing. No, supporting barriers. 
Right, and fencing and barriers. What Trump but said in his speech, it would be it would be fencing. He said it won't be concrete wall; it'll be steel slats. What, what's the He's difference? What difference does that make? The point is, you're putting up a structure to prevent Her people from coming is, in. The reason he's saying he wants it is because of everything that he said when he came out and, well, okay. and announces. So let's think his about run. that. So you have you do have illegal immigrants coming in, undocumented uh, aliens, uh, whatever. Uh, uh, can I ask a question? One second. No, no. Well, coming in and doing two things. We do have tremendous drugs Adding coming in. Adding to he's, our no, economy. No, no. no yeah, yeah. Well, he's correct about two things. He, they, there is tremendous drugs coming over the border, number one. Number two, there are people who are victims of crimes from people who came here illegally. Are those bullshit things? And, and, and no one in all the years we've had this has proposed anything that seems to work to stop this. Okay, but the people who come what here for would asylum, you do? the people who come here for asylum, he's trying Don't to stop change actual the subject. No, but that's what you said, people who are fleeing. That's uh, what you no, said. No, I asked what is it is it fair to say that if people are coming over here and killing people, if people if, if drugs are coming here and we have he said and he's apparently there has he hasn't been fact checked to the contrary, more people are dying from the opioids than um, Vietnam and most of them are coming over the southern border. Uh, is he wrong to say let's shut this border down isn't isn't there a lot of politics which is going into the resistance of and the proof that what i'm saying is actually almost irrefutably true is that prior to trump democrats were saying exactly the same thing we but need he's a barrier not just trying to stop illegal immigration he's trying just to say the coming wall here, is just for illegal immigration but what i'm saying is in addition to 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 um, promoting the wall, he's also saying, I don't want people coming here fleeing danger. I don't want people to be able to come and seek asylum, which is the thing that they're allowed to well, do by law. He's no, stopping that. I, I don't think that's... He is doing Well, that. yes, he... And also... So when no, people don't no, have a way I, to I come have, at the points of say, entry... I would have to say you're not being um, accurate there. I mean, the, all those issues are issues, and he... And he has been on various sides of those issues, but that's he, not the issue at hand no, with the I'm shutdown saying, and the wall. Let me let me just finish. Yeah. So what I was going to say is, if, if if you're telling me that illegal, obviously illegal, that immigration is an issue, people want to curb. If it's drugs, if it's violent, people coming over the border, that's one thing, right? But if you're also now, in addition to that, because it's almost like it feels like he's trying to stop all immigration, because now you're saying. When you come through ports of entry, you know what I mean? We're going to say you're a caravan and you're dangerous. And we're going to stop you and we're going to turn you around if you're coming for a legitimate reason. We're yeah, not even letting you turn claims. you around because we have laws. Right, but they're allowed to come through the ports of entry to ask for asylum and you're yeah, turning yeah, those the, people yeah, no, around. No, I know. Well, they, they, they asylum they, is legal. They, like, but they're seeking turning those, asylum. Why are we talking about asylum? We all agree because asylum. What I'm saying he, is they, they, are, you, they are obeying the law on asylum. What he wanted to do was not turn around. What he wanted to do was to come through particular places. Ports of entry. Right, yeah, right, and the courts overruled him and he obeyed the courts. And, and that's... Uh, but his intention is to shut down those... But he, Well, you can say that, but he didn't try to shut it down. He just tried to get... But we're talking about asylum, which is not which is not illegal immigration. But what I'm saying, when you make the legal things not can able I, to happen... Can I tell you why I think really everybody's full of shit here? Forgive me, Professor. We haven't necessarily heard the professor's uh, opinion uh, on this particular matter. I have, not heard, I have <laughs> not heard one person say what I think would be the basic answer of an intellectually honest person. Look, I don't support the wall, but this is how I would control the border. They will not, they, they will not utter any, fine, you don't want a wall? Why should we have a wall? But will you agree that the border needs to well, be... Well, Schumer and Pelosi did say explicitly, we agree the border should be 
Have they proposed anything? Have they voted? Uh, well, they no. said let's open up the government and brainstorm ideas. Right, right. that's that, right. Exactly. Have, but have, have Schumer Pelosi gone well, on record I, in saying this is what we propose in lieu of a wall, and this will work? Listen, if I if I had a problem, but that's if, hold not, on. If I had a problem with my kid, and uh, and it, I'm trying, I can't think of a good analogy on the top of my head, but uh, my my wife suggested some solution to stop him from stealing. That he was in trouble with you know, stealing. And she said, I said, no, sweetheart. I don't like that. I would have to say, if I cared, I would say, this is how we'll stop him from stealing. Instead, all they do is they, they oppose that because they don't like the wall. Fine. They're hypocrites because they used to support it. Fine. But they will not say, yes, we need to shut the border down. Yes, we need to control the border. And this is how we're going to do it and get serious about it. Because let me tell you, if they did, Trump would be totally emasculated. If, if Schumer, if they said anything out loud, which a reasonable person like me could say, oh, yeah, that sounds that sounds fine. That'll work. And, and that's not a wall because walls are kind of ugly and it is a bad symbol. But, you know, this this idea, well, that would work, too. Fine. But they will not even accept the basic proposition that the border needs to be controlled. But They'll change the subject. I don't, no, but, well, I, that's that's but I don't think I was changing the subject. Do you think I the border think, should be controlled? Yes, of how, course. How, how do we control it? I'm not a politician. However, yeah, heard, I, let you, me finish. No, have you heard a politician say how they should control but what, but it? But they, that's but also they a different they, question. It's like, just because the border uh, should be controlled. This is why I think Trump won. No. Well, you might be right, because but like, I don't prepare, think it's our job. You're to obfuscating. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with you, though. How do we control the border? What I'm saying is, you, the, what I have heard Democrats say is, it should be a combination, right, of fencing, of technology, right, of all these things. But my only point before blah, blah, blah. was when you, when you... You're I don't mean that you're about, towards, I'm talking about the Democrats. But you're pushing yeah. people. What My point that I was trying to make is they you're pushing people towards it illegally coming here when you shut down previously legal have, ways to enter the no, country. No, they, they, they did not shut... That's what I'm saying. They but did not shut... But when you shut, attempt to, when people hear, we have I can't come to the support of millions entry. of people here already. I would like to jump in on yeah. behalf of Professor Glenn, yeah. who is a gentleman yeah. from Texas, and he's not used to fighting to be heard. Although I've, I've been in Massachusetts a long time, so I'm, well, I'm there. I'm there. But um, that Texas is is still born and bred. But I, I would like to say <laughs> thank you for for giving me a well, chance. Well, you're not pow, you. Pow, 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 pow. I want to say though that that I I wish to say you're you're playing into Trump's yeah. rhetoric. Okay. In that you're simplifying an enormously complex problem. Thank you. Into wall or no wall, and if not wall, what? If not wall, what is 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 it so not? Is not I, I didn't absolutely come, basic question. I didn't come with my list of facts tonight, but surely Obama's multiple attempts and Congress's multiple attempts to improve the flow of legal migration, to have the Didn't Dreamer work. Acts to deal with the folks who are already here, to try to work with the governments of Mexico and Central America to slow the migrations, are not easy things to stand up and yell at a crowd of angry okay. racist people, but they work. But you're you're presuming that you. there's a one-liner that can respond uh, to Trump's no, one-liner. No, that's not what I'm and saying. There isn't. No, what it's I'm an extremely complex. No, I, I'm sorry. But, no, what, what I'm saying is that I would believe the people who oppose Trump if I saw them spending any energy on an alternative solution to this problem. As and it, it and you cannot and it cannot that. Impression well, they, they, can't be de- are, one second. That impression can't be decoupled from the fact that they themselves endorsed this solution before the president came into and then office. And what about the Republicans that, is, that voted on it two weeks ago and then went back on it? It is such an obvious case of politics and partisan play. I mean, 
How can they, how can how do they straight face say that what they supported six years ago, whenever it was, is utterly immoral? And don't feel the urge to say, listen, I want, let me explain why I used to think it was okay and, and why I no longer think that way. No, no explanation. Well, how could Republicans oppose the Obamacare, which was basically a Republican bill years maybe before? Maybe you're right. This happened. Maybe, maybe we're both right. And so nobody's, I don't think anybody here is saying, and maybe this is the sticking point, like that there's no politics involved, that they're not playing a game. Because sure. it is, right? Sure. Everybody's, everybody's grandstanding, chests out. They're playing chicken with, with yes. um, border security, with people's jobs, and that is not debatable. But if we were if we were really looking for a solution and not just a political win, when 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 Congress, when when the House and the Senate agree on a bill and the president vetoes it and then and then you come back with the same bill, you're talking about six years ago, people changing. I'm talking about two weeks ago, what the Republicans overwhelmingly voted for. Now Trump says I was going to vote for it. Then he changed his mind. Now we're against it. Like that's also intellectually dishonest. Because yeah, they that, want that, it, that, they're yeah. scared of the politics of it. I, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm trying to talk past that issue. I agree with you on that issue. What I'm saying is that I think most of the people who are against a barrier uh, would not be against it if it came out of the mouth of somebody else. I, I think that I don't remember anybody complaining about the morality of a barrier when it was coming out of the mouth of many Democrats. I don't think anybody is complaining about a barrier. I think everybody wants border security, but what is going on is so inhumane. And like this is a, a wall manu- is inhumane. No, the the we're rhetoric- talking about the wall I, very specifically. It's always he's always assigned to me when somebody's on kind of on weak ground. When they keep changing the subject. I'm I, not there changing so, any so, subject. Yeah, I'll tell you what. There are so many aspects of what you're talking about, the inhumanity, the horrors, that I that I agree with you 100%. I'm not... I'm not so you just want to talk wall. You don't want to talk about family separation or anything, like just the wall. Yeah, I'm against I'm against all that stuff. But that, is it just... Like, can you talk about just exactly. the wall without yes, talking because, about any of these other you, things? Because I'll tell you what he would say, and it's not ridiculous, is that if we had the border shut down, then we would be able to in a systematic way address all the issue. But this is chaos, and it has been chaos for years and years and years. We've tried half measures, we've tried this, we've tried that. I think we have to admit that one half the country is basically veering towards the embrace of open borders. In their hearts, they really do not want to control the border. And I think that it's exacerbated by something I've noticed in my own life, which is that um, once you once you see something, it's very very visceral. So, like I saw Saddam talk about, it. I saw Saddam Hussein come out of that spider hole back in the go, and I felt I felt sorry for him. You know, could we we couldn't have fought the Civil War, World War One, World War Two, anything seeing these images on TV. When we began to see images hey. on TV of <laughs> Vietnam, that basically brought an end to Vietnam. The images of, of black people being hosed in the civil that was tremendously important to changing the, the laws and civil rights. But I'm saying that. People theoretically know we just can't let everybody in because we'd have literally a billion people on the planet who want to come here. We know we can't do that. Yet, you cannot look at a camera of somebody in a pathetic situation being kept out and not say, unless you're heartless, say, okay, just let them in. Just let them in. How do you look at somebody in that kind of desperate situation and not say, if you don't let them in, you're a monster? I think a lot of people are saying that. Right, but I'm, but I'm saying you and us, when we see these people in such horrible situations, we can't help but say, how could you not let them in? Let these people in. What are you, a monster? Nevertheless, at the same time, we know in an in a objective way 
something's got to give. We can't let every single that's, person who shows that up. That is true. Yeah. Now, and, and, now, as, and, and serious people will talk about this seriously. And I don't hear anybody talking about it. I don't think it's, well, no, I, I think that's dismissive. I think I agree with everything that you just said. But I, I also think hey. that we can't talk about, no, but I, I think, like you said, we can't divorce the wall from family separation, from the, 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 the violence right. in Central America really, that makes people. I'll tell you why we can. Because before the family separation happened, before the asylum issue, before any of this happened, which is in like the last six months these issues happened. And that immigration two, has been down for two years. Two years ago. Yeah, this is a manufactured crisis two, also, by the, the two way. Two years ago, the opposition to the wall was just as strong. And the family separation was not on the radar. None of these issues were on the radar. This was, this was, it's not as if everybody liked the wall. And then as soon as these other issues cropped up, they began to rethink it. No, they were every bit as against it. It's nothing to do with the family separation, nothing to do with the asylum. It was opposition to the wall the second it came out of Donald Trump's mouth as opposed to Charles Schumer's mouth. With regard to it being a manufactured crisis, I suppose that depends on your definition of the word crisis. Because Pelosi and Schumer both said, we need additional a border control. Yeah, but she knows they didn't mean it. But well, they may or may not have meant it. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, is whether it's a crisis or not, it's a problem. Can I drop? You some... want to, Can I? Can I finish yeah. my statement? Because uh, you were uh, filibustering. Yes, sounded for like you were. Fi- <laughs> <No>, filibustering <laughs> means I wouldn't let anybody in. But but, I, if you want to use the word crisis, maybe it's not a crisis. It is an issue. Are you finished? It's an issue. <laughs> it's an issue that needs to be resolved. And Schumer and Pelosi both said explicitly, we need to resolve the border. Issue. Let's not call it crisis. If it, so, everybody's on the same page. We need to resolve the issue. How best to do so? Can I drop can a truth we, bomb? Can you even drop a truth bomb? The Democrats want this because eventually it's voters for them, and the Republicans want it because it's cheap labor. That's the bottom line. If it, and that is what's going on. The Republicans want it. Want the, the Republic, not the not the Trump base, but the rest of the, the, the business class, the mainstream Republicans. Who's going to take care of their kids? Well, Who's going to guard right. their garden? Well, Who's going to work? Who, what are they going to give everybody raises? I mean, they want this. Of Trump, you think Trump's businesses are not filled with immigrant labor? We know that it's they also are. Also, somewhat about race. You know, if it were Norway on the other side of, of the border, know. we'd have a different. I don't know that. I, I agree that if it were Norway, he if t- it yeah. were. <laughs> Well, I heard I heard interviews Pence of Mexico. I heard if it were Norway, Mexi- uh, you, you might have a point. I heard, however, Bulgaria. Bulgaria. I don't know. Story. They're I, not. They're white, but eh. I heard Montenegro. interviews of Mexicans talking about the uh, uh, Guatemalans. That sounded just like Trump supporters talking about the Mexicans, but they were the same race. You know, I, I well, they're the same race in your eyes, but one is a maybe Mayan and one is Incan, or I don't know what goes right, on down but, there. I'm, I'm saying there's yeah. a differentiation. Yeah, yo, maybe. I right. think there are lots but, of crises in point. this country but, that are, in and, my and, mind, take precedence well, over this any, bullshit any, at the wall. Any, any, frankly, any any problem worth addressing is worth addressing well. So the question still well must done, be Dan. asked: yeah. whether you regard it as a crisis or merely an issue, the question still must be asked: how best to resolve it, and is a wall the best way to do so? What's I, your answer? How the fuck do I know? <laughs> I haven't how studied. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's how I uh, feel. Why am I? Why do I have but, to come if, up with that you answer? But if you don't know... I know the wall's a well, bad this, idea. This, well, this I don't think why, the onus is on me to come up with a solution. Yeah, Perra, this is why I think you guys maybe didn't give my point the full weight it deserves, which is that if you... Well, honestly, if you... Somebody on the other side of this issue needs to 
present a solution that serious people can say, oh, no, he's serious about that. Because right now, the way it seems to me is that Trump, I agree with Trump that. really wants to control the border. And walls probably do work. I believe they do work. They work in Israel. They work. They no, they don't work in Israel. Of course, it works in Israel. Now you need. Now you need to go back and 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 read. The, oh, ter God. Terrorism, terrorism plummeted once that wall was finished. Right, and look at what's been going on since that wall went up. No, no. Look it, at what's going. Okay, that's work, a total. I'm not going to even get into this with you. Wall, walls, especially with all the new technology that can accompany a wall, certainly is an effective way of stopping people from getting across a border. It's a physical barrier. There's a common sense to that, which Trump is appealing to, which this is not just... This is, this is the problem. Even to say that, yeah, a wall probably works is anathema to somebody who hates Trump, meaning that, that I can't even say, listen, I oppose a wall, but I, I admit it probably works. No, you, you, have to, you have to believe it does not work. And why do you believe it doesn't work? Not because you know anything about it, you've read anything about it, or you're experts. I've heard so many experts like border security people talk about how they work. It's because Trump wants it. That's why we know it doesn't work. Well, I, I, I think that I also have heard the leadership, Pelosi and Schumer, say, like you said, we are for border security. We would talk, but here's the thing, that, that they are open to you talking about that. You believe they're for border security? I, of who, who can run in this government and say, I don't, nobody said open borders. Nobody said it. I, that's what some I people, believe. Some people are starting well, to say it, like Ocasio-Cortez. and they so are I, starting. I believe yeah. what she's yeah. saying, right? Yeah. So then you have a president who says, I don't want to talk border security. I only want to talk wall. Well, that is border security. That's not the only way. You say it's not the only way. And I'm, just, and I'm saying I'm yearning. Somebody tell me. Professor Green. Glenn, uh, I realize your, your area of expertise is laughter and not border control. <laughs> That said, do you uh, dismiss the possibility that a wall would be an effective way to control the border? I've read accounts of walls on this border, which is so different from San Diego to Big Bend of Texas to the Rio Grande Valley, that you face different geographic and population issues. And some of the argument there is a physical wall wouldn't be very effective in some parts. In certain of that areas, border. absolutely, I've heard yeah. that too. That but sounds it, credible but it to could me. Could be somewhat effective in other areas. That's right. I think it was even Lindsey Graham who said we can talk about a virtual wall. So we're kind of stuck in the language in a way right now. I wall, agree, the professor. Yes. So if we could think more creatively about barriers or stopping people who are illegally trying to cross into this country and do so in a humane way to families. Maybe we open up a path, but we're also in an age of high, high tribalism right now. That's right. And That's Trump is invoking tribes, those scary, drug-addicted, sex-crazed, other-skinned people are coming in and ruining our country. And making and, it all immigrants. And the Democrats are practicing some tribalism. So there I think you do have a point, which is anything the other side says is bad, and we have to oppose it because the other side said it. And we've got to get to a point where we can start to consider some wisdom in different people's how, how, Now, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, we live in a democracy, uh, basically. Um, what if, and I don't think this is the case, but what if all of a sudden we saw a great, 90% uh, of Americans wanted this wall? And it's, the, the polls don't show this, but suppose Trump gave his speech and all of a sudden Americans were calling their congressmen and it came, became clear that 90% of Americans wanted this wall. At, at some point, wouldn't you say, well, we do live in a democracy, and a wall's not unconstitutional. So, Mike, 
my my fellow Americans want a wall. Well, they would have I it. have to ha- I have to say they should have it. Yeah, yeah, the majority of Americans want free health care too. And well, this, well this all being right. America, we'd have and clean water. All What's that? It. This being America, we'd have advertisements all across well, it. Well, all right. Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> the well, we might have that. We might have yeah, those yeah. virtual ads you see at the baseball game. But, I but do Americans, but I, I would but, point to we listen, you know, theoretically to a majority of Americans that say, I don't agree with it, but... But that's the they want all it. politics in this country, where you have people representing communities, and they're 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 voting it, they're voting in Congress against those people's interests. That happens all the time because of special interests, because of. I'm, but I'm posing a theoretical question. Right, a majority of Americans always, want a wall. Theoretically, always, then it would but have a majority it. of Amer- a no, majority but, of Americans would want you, a lot of I things. I know we would have it, but would you then say, "I live in a democracy, and I have to bow to the majority and say they want this wall"? No. What do you mean? No, you you don't. You can be ten, You can be the ten percent that opposes something. You you can understand that's you, the you, system. You they can, get their way, but I'm, I don't. Doesn't mean you have to start supporting it. But well, you know, they have the votes. They have the votes. Everybody understands that. There is the tyranny of the majority. Right? Well, that's we why we have a constitution. Tyranny. But there's nothing unconstitutional but, about a wall. Problem with them, but that's the problem with I think our government is that it's not about what the majority of the people want. It's what the majority of the legislators well, decide to vote but for. But they're voting because they want to get reelected. And so indirectly, it is a function of what, what the majority wants. But they're not always doing that. No, no, well, you're right. So, sometimes, yes, sometimes. More, I think more and more, they, because of the Internet, they, uh, money is much, much, and donations is much, much less important. Less important. Much less. Look how Trump won. Trump didn't barely spend any money at all. And, um, it, you know, it, it's, it's a very good analogy for a politician to what I used to go through running a club. When I first started a club, you literally had to stamp postcards to send out. To, if you wanted to get anything done, literally stamp postcards, send it out to people. It cost a fortune, you know, and you could reach maybe 200 people, you know, and it was a big thing. Now, we can broadcast for free to the entire planet, and so can every politician running for office. You don't, you needed Big money to get your message out prior to the internet. Big money. Tens, hundreds of thousands of dollars. You don't need dollar one. Uh, we all know we, and knew so much about Alex- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, right? None of it from a dollar that she spent. I mean, it's, it's hard to even imagine. Uh, uh, I try to think myself, when did, when did I see a paid-for communication? When was the last time I saw a paid-for communication by a politician that in any way affected my... The comedy seller used to, every week in the newspaper, would have their, their goofy logo and, you know, come to the comedy seller. Now they don't do any advertisement. Is that correct, No. Yeah, well, we didn't even advertise back then, but... Well, you did a little bit, didn't you? Uh, no. No, we oh. didn't. Maybe uh, the first year we were open or something. So I, I think that more and more... But I saw... I remember those ads. More and more the grassroots have a lot of power over their Congress people. I don't know that that will lead to a better result. I don't know that the masses are necessarily wiser about certain decisions. Well, like, they're not wise, but they are, the majority is, you know. But I do think I, what you said in the beginning, Dan, it's true that if, if anything, not if anything, but one of the good things that come came out of this, a few good things in my opinion, um, administration is that people are super engaged and people are really paying attention right. and, uh, and, and dialed in I mean, I, I belong to an indivisible group. I postcard with another group. We go out there. We canvas um, just in my community. I never did that before. I Me mean, I, I worked in cable news. I worked at CNN. And, and, and I still wasn't in, as involved. <laughs> 
as I am now, or that plugged into, you know what I mean? No, this it's is the first time though. I went out to go get red people to register to vote. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's true. Well, this is oh, the first brother. time I voted in the midterms. No, nope, I never too. voted in the midterms my whole life. Me too. This is the first time I voted in the midterms. And I didn't, yeah. I didn't wear the sticker, but I did vote. <laughs> you really went out to vote in the yes. midterms in New York? Was there some because, cont- because was there some contested you what, election you were worried about? No, but I wanted to feel like a part of something historic. Good for you, oh, Dan. Brother. Well, I don't know if it's good for me or if it's not good for me. It is good. It's, it's good, good for it's you. Good. Well, what it's if I good. told you I voted all Republican? Then is it still good? No. No, stay home. <laughs> all right. Yeah. I, 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 never vote. mind. I, I didn't. <laughs> I but, made some assumptions. You you, even but, a Republican can't vote for the Republicans in New York because the people who are actually running are such crackpots. It's not like, they, like any... But, any Wise person you guys saw, running. You, but, saw, you saw the GoFundMe for the wall, right? I'm obsessed. You guys yeah, saw I donated. That? Yes. I'm obsessed. <laughs> I, I, I have a whole new bit about it. I thought ah. my feeling on the GoFundMe was, again, democracy. The people want a wall that badly. Let's see how much they want it. Mexico now that they is supposed own, to pay for it. Though. Well, be that as it may, if, if people want it enough... That GoFundMe right. might have been some indication of it. That's unbelievable. It, uh, ultimately, they've you got the second about highest GoFundMe of all time. It's unbelievable. They raised more than the Pulse nightclub, more than the uh, more than Parkland, more than Vegas. How much did they raise? Nineteen. Well, they're at about twenty million now. Yeah, 20 million. almost twenty. 20 which is still dollars. nothing compared to what they weeks. need. No, yeah, nothing billion, compared to what right? they need. They need five billion. Well, whatever. They I think their goal was a billion. So right. obviously, they weren't going to get there. But I mean. I, I want to see. I like to see what the people are thinking, and anything that can give me a clue as to what the people are thinking to me is good. I want to know what they're thinking. I want people involved. Just like people said, go out and vote. Vote with your wallet too. And even if I don't agree with you, I want to know what you're thinking, what you want, and how much you want it. That's valuable information has, in a democracy. Has everybody tried to properly uh, fulfill the moral requirement of putting themselves in other people's shoes? If you're family were impacted in some horrible way by something or someone that came over the southern border. What could I tell you that would make you say, no, no, we don't need a wall? Well, one, one thing I would say is you're taking that, that quality of that murderer that they came over the wall as the defining quality of them. No, it would have, it would have prevented mur- it. I'm just saying plenty it of pre- homegrown murderers here in the U.S. Right, but not that murderer. Sorry. Of course, there's plenty of homegrown murders. And, you know, and immigrants to the U.S. have always brought wait, trouble, wait. as you, well as beautiful benefits and well, blessings. Yes, but That's inevitable. but yes, but 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 listen, and I don't even I, I would I would venture to guess that that uh, the percentage of illegal immigrants that are criminals is is below many populations which are homegrown. It absolutely That's possible. But yes, I think but so. this it's still the fact that if they were prevented from coming in. I would have not experienced this tragedy. Right. And just because, like, you could pull out a gun now and shoot me, but that is not an argument. Well, therefore, how can you oppose the wall? I mean, that, that guy shot you, so now, you, now you're complaining about, I mean, that's, they, they are, they're, I, don't, I don't buy that logic. I think that if, if we, have the, we have the obligation to minimize as best we can sources of persistent things that happen that are horrible to Americans and if we know that a controlled border would bring in fewer tragedies than an uncontrolled border don't we have a moral obligation to control the border as we do guns as we do drunk driving as we do absolutely and then and that's again and the people who oppose the wall don't they have a moral obligation to say to those people who lost their families from illegal immigrants listen yeah, this is what this is how I would have prevented what happened to your family. I don't the wall. I'm not for the wall, but I'm, that's not the end of my 
thing I'm saying to you. This is how I would have prevented because what happened to you is unacceptable. Yes, the government let you down. An illegal person came in and killed your kids. But it's almost we like let a person you down walked over and the border and then went into your house see, to murder somebody. See, you don't believe the government let an American down when their kid is killed by an illegal immigrant. That's not... I believe the government did let the, that people down, and that's why a serious Democrat has an obligation to say how they would have prevented it. And if but they I, and I would be on board, but they got to tell me how they would prevent it. I Otherwise, think, I might have said, "Yeah." But if no one else has any solution, fuck it. But that's reductive to say that somebody came over the border and they killed somebody, and then we had to stop. I mean, think of it's, all the step things that happened in the middle. What 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 How else that happened? Came to uh, well, so, so, that is, so that's what you're going to tell the. If I said, put the, yourself in the shoes. I, look, so, there's two so answers. If you were, if you were the put mom of that, that, that you would you would take that answer. See, it's I reductive. Have, I have a, resp Can I have you a response, but I know what you're going to say. Well, look, you're going to say I'm changing the subject, so no, no, I can't give the answer that I want to give. I'm sorry, do that. Go ahead. No, but I I just feel like there are so many things that if you said, go ahead. No, because I mean I'm a black woman in this country, so if you tell me like, oh, what if you know? I mean, what if? No, you're absolutely right. No, no, oh, say it. You're right. You're right. There's so many things that happen, right? Like, like I can say, oh man, like same thing with gun control or or out of control policing or like, what do you tell a family that that we didn't we didn't I mean, we didn't stop that cop we didn't stop that person that came 100%. over the border. Yeah. A lot of are, shit happens yeah, in that's between right. those things. That's right. When you when you tell when some when some family loses their kid to a to a uh, a rogue cop, right? And you want to complain about the training. Or whatever it was that could have been done to to to, to 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 prevented that cop from doing it, and someone says, "Oh, come on, but cops kill fewer people than other people, so you know, mm -hmm. just so a certain percentage of cops kill people." No, we let you down if we don't train the cops properly, and they end up killing a, a young child, black or white or otherwise. Yeah, we let that family down by not doing what now, we no, could am I to, 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 to train no, if those I could cops jump properly. In here, I, I suppose you could I argue. I suppose you could argue that in a free society. We tolerate a certain amount of death. Yes, but we try and, to prevent it and, when we can. And, and you might say that that letting illegal immigrants in, one might argue, and I think people think this, if they, they would never say it explicitly, one might argue the benefits of being an open, welcoming society that, that values uh, immigration and values diversity and values what immigrants bring to America is worth... The occasional murder. Well, but why not do it legally with a with a with a with a system? As I said, I see. I, I think that this this idea that they're actually going to shut the border down if they could is just ridiculous. As I said before, the repeat the business community needs the labor. The country needs the labor. We have an aging population and we don't have enough young people to, to work for it. In Europe, they have this problem and they've taken all kinds of uh, immigrants from Muslim countries and they, and they have much harder problem assimilating them than we would ever have with uh, Hispanic Christians, you know. And so the, the pressures, if, if we actually succeeded in shutting the border down, we would feel the noose around our neck so quickly in terms of what we'd lose by having these immigrants. Immediately you would see the border open up because the people with money would be pressuring the government to let more people in. I don't, I do not, there is, this is, I mean, the Trump base is utterly naive to this. They don't realize that what they would like the idea of a country that stays like they are and white, whatever it is, which, and by the way, I don't, I don't think that sentiment is makes somebody evil. No more than I think when people in Harlem complain about gentrification that I see them as being evil. People want things to stay the way in there, you know. They want people. People worry about feeling like outsiders where they were uh, felt comfortable. 
leaving that aside, um, they're, they're naive. That, that ship has sailed. White people don't reproduce barely at all. We, don't ha we are not replacing the population. And no matter what we do, we're going to have more and more immigrants. But certainly it should be done in some kind of way where we can vet them, know where they are, have their IDs, fingerprints, whatever it is, you know? So would you say, yeah. because I don't disagree with that, yeah. but, but, but I think that a lot of the, the, the issues people have, especially that I have with the president, are tonal, right? Yeah. Like, we want to have safe immigration, right? But when you say people are racist and, you're, and, they're, and they're murderers, that it demonizes people in a way that when it, if they are supporters of him, it makes all immigrants from the Southern, let's just say, from Central America and South America, now we're like, yeah, you know, there's, there's a way to advocate for, for um, uh, improved immigration that doesn't require demonizing women and children who may be just coming to seek asylum, right? Yeah. So we, we can all agree. Like, and, and I and let think them do it already. Who's advocating? I don't hear anybody advocating for it. That's my problem. No, you're saying, saying you hear it, but you don't believe it. That's no, what saying, you said. If I, Schumer had his time on, I would, if I were Chuck Schumer, I'd say, listen, blah, 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 well, this is, I want a, I want a comprehensive immigration package. This is how we're going to control the border. This, I mean, dude, I'll believe you, but you got to say it. You got to tell me what your solution is. But I, in my heart, I'm, you, I'm sure I'm right. He doesn't want a solution. This is only good for the Democratic Party. These will eventually be Democratic voters. They don't, they, Schumer only cares about staying in office. Right now, his voters are very, very animated. He could, you could not get serious about controlling the border in any way and keep supporting the Democratic Party. Do I don't you think believe. that that is that's all politicians, that they're dishonest and they're not actually compassionate, almost they're just doing them, it? Almost all of them. See, I don't believe that. Uh, that's, on, that's on some a, I feel like that's a that's a Not that's on a every issue. I think quite, quite, quite often many of them have certain issues which they won't compromise, but on many other issues, I believe there's, there's, a, there's a ratio of self-interest to principle. And it, it uh, close to election day, <laughs> Uh, Self-interest seems to carry the day more. They might get a little more towards principle. To think that people want DACA because it's going to be voters. I think they care that people don't have to get sent back. I think that because I think because I feel that way, right? So I I believe that of no the actually people. In DACA DACA is interesting because DACA has wide support left and right. There's very few people. Even Trump has, has wanted said he wanted to keep even before he was running there's a very interesting debate that i heard between steve bannon and donald trump a podcast with steve bannon, with steve bannon and donald trump before the election where trump was arguing with bannon where bannon was really talking and stuff like america needs a social fabric and we we need to be you know we can't have can't have all, all americans being um working for asians in silicon valley it was like pretty like, and trump was like no no that shouldn't matter you know, it was very interesting to hear Trump in his unguarded way talking about what he really cares about, what he doesn't, or what he cared about that day and what he didn't. But no, I don't think, I mean, listen, I would agree with one thing. You, you do have to be a monster. One of the basic principles of morality is that you do not punish innocence. That's really a very basic right. principle. And to punish somebody who was brought here as a child and send them back to a country and a culture that they have no connection to, no, as it's, it's, it's monstrous. It's monstrous. You have to, only a really, really terrible person could advocate that. And I think you're right that, that, that probably Republicans, they don't disagree with it, but they're 
holding these people hostage no. for other political things. What Trump is using, and, and I have some sympathy for this, he's holding out DACA as a bargaining chip. Right, of course, that's what I'm saying. In order to try to strike some kind of grand bargain. And I wish that on both sides, they would get serious about the grand bargain. We came this close to it when Bush was president, this kind of grand bargain immigration. Do you know who filibustered it? Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders used to be Don't very— Don't get me started about Bernie. Bernie Sa- <laughs> I, I, everybody should read Peter Beinart's article in The, in the Atlantic. Who's a, he's a very left-wing guy where he, where he discusses how liberals have changed on immigration. But it was a very short while ago when Bernie Sanders was one of these people. No, keep the immigrants out. They lower wages for—he's a socialist. They lower wages for the workers and whatever it is. It, it, you know, they all flip. They all flip, and we pretend they're not flipping. And when you see them flipping, you understand, well, no, this is not— Principle. This is politics. One one man that yeah. never flips is Professor Glenn from Emerson <laughs> University. The only, oh, by the oh, way, real white man at this table. I'm a white man, no. Well, um, yeah. should I be pleased at that description? No, or? it's just a, it's just a fact. <laughs> Jews are not white. Uh, white white. Aaron, do you consider Jews white? Um, yes. <laughs> well, uh, there is debate on that issue. I consider even the the smart, the, the darker Jews white. Not uh, no, a not was not white. I consider my my Indian wife white. <laughs> <laughs> well, the definition of white has has certainly changed over time. Um, and moment to moment, I, know, I, I understand what you're saying. Obviously, <laughs> Jews are benefit from white privilege oh, and white passing. We haven't passing. got time to start well, this. Uh, we'll have to get a white privilege person up next week. Into... <laughs> Any chance to stick it to you guys? They didn't no, benefit I from mean, white privilege when they got thrown out of the women's I, I, march. I don't know. Uh, you didn't let me finish what I was going to say. Yeah. It's that like anti-Semitism is rampant. So like you're not rampant. actually considered yep. white. It's not rampant. Professor Glenn deserves any white privilege he gets. <laughs> he's as sweet as guy. And, and I'm sorry that... Uh, you know, you're not used to... You're, you're a southern Aaron, gentleman. You're not used to... This is New York. you got to fight for airtime in this town. Erin has to go. She's got to take that megawatt smile and, and <laughs> Professor make Glenn, the donuts. Can we end? I want to bring it around because I, I, I'm, I, Professor Glenn's probably slightly disappointed we didn't talk as much as he might have been expecting about laughter. Well, that's true, but that seems like that's that ship has sailed. Well, but I want to bring but, it back around because right. you you talk about. You can bring it back around. Erin can go if she needs to. Yeah, and we, we, we'll cut it down for time. Go you, ahead. You, well, very you, nice to meet you. You talk about laughter as a coping mechanism and and whatever. But I, I want to just talk briefly about Louis's joke about the Parkland shooting. Are you familiar uh, with Louis? Question, Dan. Okay. Yeah. So. You know, is that is is that in your estimation a subject that cannot be joked about? And if it can be joked about, did Louis do it in an inappropriate way? What are you, what are your thoughts about? It? Well, there are people joke about everything, and somebody whose name I can't remember actually studied the duration of time after tragedies before jokes start to appear about those tragedies. But in this case, here is a white male of power and privilege mocking teenagers who underwent a horrible tragedy and mocking transgendered people who struggle to find a way to describe themselves that feels right, there's power involved. There are power dynamics involved. This is a person in a powerful, privileged position kicking the ass of those who are marginalized or suffering. That feels grossly unfair to many, many people. So sometimes you can joke about your own in-group. So you all just did some jokes about ethnicity that I wouldn't make because I'm not Jewish. Right? Louis does not have the right to make fun of these folks. He does not have that right. Well, I don't mean that as a citizen, but I mean for him to do that as a professional comedian 
is to invite the criticism that he, I think, justly got. But isn't a comedian's job to be able to make fun of anything? I used to think that when I was a teen. I thought, I will laugh at anything as long as I laugh at everything equally. But the world is too complicated for that. Okay. I will not tell a joke that demeans African Americans. So it is not okay for me to do. Oh, I, I'll tell you one afterwards. So let me. Let me so, <laughs> no. so, um, uh, uh, so, so let me ask you this question. I, I, I actually this may shock you. I, I actually don't like what he said either. It's not I'm, that kind of thing is not my cup of tea. It never never has been. However, there's a couple things that uh, I'd have to say to be fair. Number one, there is a phenomenon when you're in a small group of people and you've been there, you've been joking and, and you've been drinking yep. and uh, where you say kind of outrageous, absurdist things. Something rude or offensive. Yeah, or, and, yep. and yep. you don't expect a hidden microphone there. You certainly, would have, you certainly would know not to say it in front of a parent of a Parkland child and you don't think somebody's going to take your fucking recording and play it for a parent of a Parkland child and then say, look at this monster. Yeah. So I think that's unfair to him. Was this a private conversation? It was, it was a hidden microphone. Uh -huh. Well, it was at a comedy club, it so it was, it was meant for a relatively small group. Uh -huh. yeah, it was a small group, but it, it was a hidden microphone. I mean, it, was, it, also... it was him in his role as a stand-up comic doing yes, a bit. But, but you can, you know, for instance, to take well, Michelle was there a second ago. So, uh, well, let's, let's leave her out of it. But so, somebody makes fun of, at a correspondence center, makes fun of somebody on the dais, makes fun of her weight. Um, there, the intention actually is, might be, to humiliate that person in front of a crowd on TV because you don't like them. That's, that's kind of actually a mean motivation. Was Louis's motivation mean? No, I think Louis was, Louis was trying to make a point about this outrage culture, and he was, he's making a point about the fact that just because you've been in a tragedy doesn't mean you're an expert on that tragedy. Just because you got killed in Nagasaki your family, doesn't mean you know something about the, the, the World War II. And he made, and then, and then he did that tag, which was the harshest part where he said, you pushed a fat kid in front of the bullet. Now, I don't know if that was off the top of his head. I don't know. It, it's, it's harsh. But, you know, I, if I was around a, in a comedy club, I, I might not like it, but I certainly wouldn't uh, react to it the same way as if I know he intended it to be heard by a public audience, like by a large audience. So I think they're, whole, I, I think they're making more of it than is fair to him because they hate him so much. I do not like that kind of humor. I, I'm with you on the trans things, but again, I, I know Louis. He's not um, anti-trans in any sense of the word. He's just reacting to, rightly or wrongly, the way, um, just to this whole mob politically correct movement where people's lives are ruined for using wrong pronouns the law. He, think, he thinks it's, it's whatever he thinks about it. Yeah. But I know that Louis is not unsympathetic to trans people. I, I just know him well enough to know he's not. He, he's responding to the politics of it in a very coarse way that came out. And, and the coarseness certainly probably does have something to do with the bitterness that he feels right now because of what he's been through. Yeah, I mean, I also think that something about, like, everybody's always so outraged, and then two seconds later they forget what they were so outraged, and then they're outraged at something else. and then But nobody's really doing anything about it. And the other thing that I think is also worth pointing out is having a hidden microphone in a comedy club, like, really breaks, like, the number one cardinal rule of being in a comedy club. Forget that it's Louie, like, for anybody. Like... 
they take your phones and any recording device that you have when you go see comedy in many, many places, including here. You're not allowed to. You take out your phone, you get asked to leave, of right? Course. Because the thinking is you should be able to try out your material yeah, without I mean, that's it being shared with the world. A hundred percent. Can I tell you that what I think? You might agree with me, Professor. No, we got to go. The, the, what I think is the, the most upsetting failing of this whole woke movement is that they've abandoned the moral question of what was a person's intention. They are firing people or attacking people on technicalities mm -hmm. right and left. Somebody uses the N-word in a conversation where he wants to talk about sensitive subjects, like how we, they, they want his head. Regardless of he, he, you know, what happened to that actor of Vigo, uh, what's the name of the guy? Vigo Morton. Vigo, Vigo Morton. Somebody's using the N-word to discuss it. Not in any, in a way, nobody could think he's sympathetic to the N-word. He's just discussing it, you know. It's in Huckleberry Finn. It's in Quentin Tarantino movies. He discusses it. And they want his head. They don't care what somebody's intention was. Where were they? And that's like the most, I mean, in, in the law, that's the number one question. You can't be convicted of a crime without intent. Intention is so murky. And you often hear people who do something horribly racist or say something racist who will say, I am not a racist. Yeah, again but, and again but we and still again need to inquire. Up. We need to inquire. Like, does anybody really think that Vigo Mortensen is some kind of racist? Does does when this this guy this weatherman misspoke and he said Martin Luther he says he, he said Martin Luther King Jr. and he came out Martin Luther King and then he said King Jr. again, and they fired him. And actually, Al Roker came out and said he shouldn't be fired. And then they had examples of other people making the same faux pas because King and Jr. can be uh, contracted to. Coon, you know, and, and I know because I read kids to my stories to my kids all the time. I do that. I will take the first letter of one word and rush right past it to the next word and it'll come out of different. He just did it. I'm going to come to do it. Yeah. So. Noam doesn't finish right, words So, so, uh, Dan, really, we have to talk about this later. Um, but. The public no, enjoys our sparring. But, so, but, but nobody, no decent person said, well, did he mean it? Because if he didn't mean it, then we shouldn't fire him. They don't even care. And, and I, this is, I think, much of what is animating Louis' anger. There's a whole movement now which really does not even inquire any longer as to what's in a person's heart, what was intended, where's somebody coming from. It's just about what can we get them on. And they pick and choose. So if you're Joy Reid or Sarah Jung, you can say whatever you want. Well, I mean, what did, what did Sarah Jung say that was so different than what Louis C.K. said? Which she made that kind of I see I love to see white pe white men suffering whatever I mean, you know this is it that was her joke that was her counter trolling, so they're all hypocrites and and I think that's where Louis is coming from. But to go on record again, no, I don't like humor at the expense of shooting victims or, or uh, the, the the trans thing. It's not that I like expensive humor at the expense of trans people. I thought it was less at the expense of trans people. But the Asian thing was pretty. Harsh, you know, but I don't. I don't think he hates Asians. I think, I don't think. I mean, you'd have to convince me that Louis C.K. to really be outraged, you'd have to convince me no, Louis C.K. really hates Asians. And I just know that can't be true. I know that somewhere in his mind, there's a deeper point he's trying to make with his outrageous statement. Oh. And no, well, and I no, think the point was that Asians no. have small penises. <laughs> it would be helpful <laughs> if he would go public and explain it too, and, and he won't do that. But you're pretty on point with that. Yeah. Um, Professor, uh, are you currently teaching any classes, and, and, and uh, can, can, can young people at, at currently enrolled in Emerson University 
Emerson College. Emerson College. <laughs> Up in Boston. I can take your course. I have a class in conflict and negotiation. I have a class in positive communication, where we look at laughter, humor, play, nonviolence in communication. And, you know, nice as he is, I, I got a sense this is no easy A. <laughs> this is this man. Do people still use the term gut? When I was in school, it, it's we, an easy B plus. <laughs> but to get the A, you got to really be. But we used to use the term gut for a class that was an easy A. Is that term still even exist? The gut um, class? I think it's lower intestine. <laughs> I don't. I don't hear people say that. Gut, gut courses. Yeah. yeah. Did you had that term? Absolutely. Gut courses. I don't yeah. know if I, I. You forget how much time has passed. You know, when I was a kid, people used to say, "So she goes, she goes," instead of "So she was like." I'm like, and he's like. Yeah, and now like. we used to say, she, so she goes. Oh. Yeah. So language changes. Uh, anyway, uh, take <laughs> Professor point. Take <laughs> professor uh, Glenn's uh, conflict resolution class. You may not get the A, but you'll, you'll be much more enriched for it. Periel, welcome aboard. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and hopefully good things are ahead with the, with the new Periel uh, thing going there. That says Periel, full steam ahead. On it. Noam, another excellent podcast. I think you brought up once again great points. Thank you, Dan. Well, I, I, I pretty much always do. Uh, and wouldn't you agree, uh, Professor Glenn? Noam's pretty uh, pretty logical and pretty intelligent. Very intelligent. Was he good? Yeah. <laughs> Not logical. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I disagreed with some of them, I well, that's, appreciated it's, hearing. It's them. nice to disagree, right? right? Yeah, that's, that's, that's another problem with wrong today is that people have lost the, the the pleasure in getting together and disagreeing in a Arguing. nice way. You yep. know. Yep. Okay. Good night, everybody. Right. Good night. Good night.